I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Coming up on TMS, I don't like fish PT. You can stand under my novella. Teddy bears, nipples, and gold bikinis. You require more ingots. A clump of teens and a wad of kids. Dunaway leaves a floater. Take a bite of the greasy Denver. Jabba starts yanking the chain. What's ass Jeeves doing these days? You know he had answers. You get COVID, Brian gets hair. Recommendals with Scott, Bobby, and literally no one else on this episode of the morning stream. Today, the animal communication movement is quietly exploding. Thousands of people now say they can communicate with animals. And these communicators don't claim to have mystical powers. They are not particularly psychic. They are just ordinary folks who have learned to listen to what animals have to say to them. Penises and boobies and whatnot. The Morning Stream, The Beast with a Million Eyes. Why, just last week I had my entire car millionized, and it smells great. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to The Morning Stream for Wednesday, October 26, 2022. I'm Scott Johnson with further guest host, Bobby Frankenberger. Hello, Bobby. I'm here. Yep. Brian's for homesick. longer. For longer. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this is the last time because we don't want Brian to be any sicker than he is. Uh, exactly. We don't know how he'll feel tomorrow, but hopefully better than he did uh, yesterday. He's better today than yesterday. Just not, you know, still pretty under the weather. I think he's got some nasty flu. And again, I'd like to reiterate, you greasy, dirty tadpooligans in Denver, you Denver tadpool with your nasty fingers and your breath. Yep. Or whatever it is you brought to the party the other day, you spread it to Brian. So, so yesterday was a new hope. Yeah. Today is, uh, what is it? Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. Bo- Bobby Strikes Back. <coughs> yeah. And then what's tomorrow? And, if uh, uh be, oh, the Return of the Jedi, he'd be returning. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yep. Yes. Isn't it ironic? This is a thing I was just Don't thinking about. Think? So I'm glad you brought this up. Isn't it ironic yeah. that the third uh, Star, Star Wars original trilogy film, uh, six in the in the canon, uh, Return of the Jedi, is the most kid friendly overall. I would argue, tons of puppets, puppetry. You know, not that puppets are for kids, but you know what I'm saying. It's like just, it's just a bunch of teddy bears and puppets. That movie, isn't that the one with a uh, sexy bikini Leia? Well, see now you're on you're right on the track I'm getting to here. 
You got sexy <laughs> bikini Leia. You also have slave Twi'lek girl who yeah. Jabba the Hutt's have. She's out there dancing. He's got her on a chain. And at one point, he starts yanking the chain and pulling her up close and then dropping her down to the, not Sarlacc pit, the um, uh, the Rancor pit thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that scene famously, uh, she's she's not dressed very much. So she might be right. painted blue, but, you know, you, you get to see things. And I just always thought it was funny that this third movie was so, like, kid-focused. Yet, hey, you want to see some nipples? Cool, I got the scene for you right here. Oh, you want to see Leia in a metal bikini running around and, you know, half a butt cheek hanging out all the time? There you go. There's that. And then, I mean, oh, you want to go back George to teddy Lucas bears? George knew how to please everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Except for women, probably. Yeah. Chat room's like, that's not irony. I know. Yeah, I subscribe to the irony definition that uh, the bitter pill lady did. What's her name? Yeah. Uh, the, the Morissette. The Morissette. School of irony. irony. Yeah. The Morissette of rules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, Brian, we, we continually wish you a, a, a quick recovery and hope you're feeling better soon. Uh, the nice yep. thing is he, he set me up today for songs and stuff, so I will not be an idiot with songs today. All right? Everything will be Aww. I know. Well, we we like Idiot Scott. I know. <laughs> I know. Fumbly Idiot Scott is a it's a real attraction around here, but today you're not getting it. At least not in that way. You might get it in some other way. <laughs> we um, always get it in some way, right? <laughs> I do want to say this, though. Sometimes when you're in bed and you think there's a, you know, you might, you might be laying there thinking you got a spider because your leg itches or you're like, Oh, what's that? And you kind of brush something off to see what it is. And then usually it's nothing yeah. just like a random sensation. I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody that based on my experience last night, that the way you want to view that sort of thing is always assume spider. <laughs> Don't just assume, Oh, just random sensation. Like do assume spider because here's what happened at about, 10.30 last night, starting to doze off a little. I was playing Red Dead Redemption on my Steam Deck in bed. Like you do, right? Like a proper man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that's what proper man is. <clears throat> that's right. So I'm doing that. And as I'm finishing up this mission I was doing uh, for, for Dutch, Dutch, I was doing a thing. And then I feel this sort of tickle on my thigh. And I'm like, what in the frick is that? It feels spidery. And I reached down there and just kind of slapped my leg. And there was nothing there. It's like, oh, okay, yeah. well, it's just, yeah. just me dreaming a thing and laid back down. Phantom, phantom leg feelings. Yeah, phantom feelings is what I was having. And as I started to drift off to sleep, I felt it a couple more times, but I already knew this was a phantom feeling. It wasn't anything right. big deal. So I go to sleep. I wake up this morning, 6.30, get up. And, and you no around. longer have human limbs. They're all spider legs. Oh, I wish this was the case. Because then, well, that's why I'm wearing this turtleneck today. It's to hide my spidery <laughs> features. that I, This yeah. hasn't spread to my head yet. Uh, anyway, I get out of bed. And lo and behold, I get into the, the bathroom there. And I look down at my leg. And my left get leg. In the bathroom and, and spinnerets <laughs> instead of a butthole. Oh, man. You really want. You really want me to go full spider man here yeah. or, or yeah. man spider, I guess. I don't know. What's the guy? Brian was telling me about a character in the spider verse called. Uh, oh, he's spiders, man. That guy's great because he's oh, yeah, made up of a bunch of spiders. Yeah, right? he's just a ton of spiders all crawled up and made a man form. And then where's the suit still still wears the Spider-Man suit, but it's all spiders in there. It's pretty great. I'd never heard of it until he told me anyway. Uh. So I get this spider, or I see, I look down at my leg, and there's a dead, flat, bloody spider, black spider on my leg. Oh, that tells me that a it was real. B 
I rolled around and thought, ah, there's nothing there. And at some point I turned over and mushed it. And it died there on my leg. Had I known this, I don't know if I'd have been able to sleep. Like I slept, I slept. And then yet here this is laying there, this black ass spider on my on my. I don't my feel leg. like you rolling over in the bed would have smashed it though. I feel like that initial slap had to have smashed it. Mm, it's possible. I didn't have any uh, residue on the hand, you know. I held, I had looked at that and went, oh well, shouldn't that be the case? And it did look kind of, I don't know, not smashed like it got hit with blunt force, but more like mushed because I sleep on that side of my bed like if I roll right. over and I go to sleep I'm on my let's see what is this my left side <laughs> what is this it's my left side I lay Hold on my left side and make an L and I think if it was like struggling to live at all I probably ended it there probably killed it then I, I don't know yeah. but anyway I hated it and uh, and it's Halloween so I guess I got what I deserved it's fine uh, it was a yeah. Halloween miracle. It is a Halloween miracle, truly. What also is a miracle that you guys have picked up quickly on this whole text idea. And uh, look at this. We got a text from uh, an anonymous listener who said, this is about the metal we talked about yesterday, titanium tubes and all that stuff with, uh, with uh, Bill. This is a weird thing to say, but he says, titanium isn't as great as you think. We do need more ingots, though. Signed, anonymous. What do you think of more that? More ingots of titanium? Yeah, or, if, or I guess of anything. Ingots in general. <laughs> I think he means ingot, I think he means just ingots as a general rule. We need more ingots, be they copper, iron. Who cares? And also, what a tease of a text, right? Titanium isn't as great as you think, and then you just walk away. Like, yeah, this is the this is where's the, the follow up? This is the baity headline without the story. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. Titanium isn't as great as you think. Yeah, click here to learn more, and then I learn nothing. Yeah. So, why why would you? Why? Okay, I need a follow-up from this dude or lady. I don't know. They're anonymous. I have no idea who they are. Uh, what's wrong with titanium? I was always... When I grew up, titanium was the coolest metal. There was nothing cooler. So if you talked about metals, you went, oh, what's your bike made out of? Oh, I think it's like hollow steel. Oh, that's lame. What's his bike? Titanium. You know, we'd all lose our minds because it was light and it was like super strong and expensive right. and it had all these like... I don't know. Titanium is like a cool, it's a cool thing. So I need to know more. What's the problem? What's the problem with titanium there, man? You can't just text me and tell me it sucks. You gotta, you gotta give me some details, which I hope I get from, from this guy. So I tried Googling titanium. Isn't as strong. Isn't as great as you think. What'd you get? And there seems to be some, some Quora article that explains that titanium isn't as great as steel, but it's really long and I don't want to read it right now. Sometimes so. I wonder, Google owns Quora, right? Don't they own them still? They don't really do much with them, but they own them, I think. I don't know. They come up too much in the results. I don't trust it. I'm not saying that they're they're favoring their own stuff. I'm saying... Bring back Ask Jeeves. Yeah, what's what happened to Ask Jeeves? He had all kinds of answers to my questions, that guy. Well, anyway, there's a, there's a fun little note there. We also got one from... Rishi B in Ann Arbor, Michigan. We know him. Yeah, he was. Wasn't he in your season of competition? No, he was. I think he was the first season. First season. Yeah. I can never remember which where he was. Anyway, he wanted to talk about Blockbuster, and I was willing to let him. So here's what he says: Namaste. This is in reaction to the hot off the presses talk you had about Blockbuster with Bobby Franks. <laughs> A little color I'd add to the misfortunes versus Netflix uh, is that it's really hard. Uh, especially around 2008 for retail companies to think outside the box 
of their primary assets. In this case, having the foresight to know that the store on every corner is a con versus direct streaming service. I'm not sure what that means. Oh, a con meaning like a pro, a con versus pro. I get it. Yeah. Uh, I work for a major RX retailer, and a lot of their f- future strategizing involves using new digital tools. But to drive people to the stores, they still, uh, but they're still not all in on digital. Thank you. Come again, Rishi B from Ann Arbor. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. And it's also like it probably at the time to Blockbuster, other people have piped in too and said part of this problem was uh, Paramount who did something with Blockbuster and gutted them to pay debt or something. So there's a whole other aspect to this that I didn't know about and I I won't get into it because I don't quite understand it. But just from a competitive standpoint, I think our point yesterday stands, which is you if you have the forethought about what the future might hold then you have it or you don't like in the case of netflix yes they didn't have a bunch of physical locations they had to worry about and a fleet of employees and all the other stuff that comes with that uh what they had was a a weird mail service for dvds but i would argue that's still a massive pivot to streaming (laughs) like yeah you, you really are just uh you're really just one blockbuster who mails their their movies out in mass and yeah really yeah netflix yeah the exactly the the mailing of the dvds that's not like I, I wouldn't call that a natural like streaming is not exactly a natural conclusion to sending people dvds in the mail you know? no no i mean it i would say Redbox is more like uh connected to what netflix was doing yeah they still have a streaming they tried streaming something Redbox did hold on did Red you ever Box. consider it no, um, me neither. <laughs> because I was like, well, I'm getting what I need from other places. Here we go. Rent, stream, and buy. They're still doing it. Let's look at Red, let's look at Red their Box? offering. Um, I'm going there now. Uh, yeah, Redbox still has boxes at the at in front of like Walgreens all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I think they're doing okay from from the physical standpoint. I think they still exist, but they've got so okay. Here we go. All, they have a ton of on demand. They call it on demand. So for a buck ninety nine, I can watch Nope. Um, for let's see, uh, you know that Idris Elba Beast movie where he fights a tiger or whatever the crap's going on there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that is currently I can rent it at a kiosk for a buck. Oh, I see. I can rent it at the kiosk for a buck ninety nine, which I can do through the app, or I can buy it on demand for twenty bucks. So that's new releases. If I go to old stuff, uh, let's say. I don't know. Jeez. Uh, that's all new stuff here. Okay. The original Halloween. Yeah. Uh, I can, okay. Watch with ads for free rent on demand for a buck 99 or buy on demand for 10 bucks. So it's not bad. And they must be you doing know, okay. I'll bet they're doing okay. You know, I'll I bet- missed the red box days in a way because there was a fun, like metagame that we would play and that was we would want to watch a movie because the whole idea of Redbox for uh, for very very young people yeah like Claire Gack who don't know <laughs> yeah very um, young people yeah uh, it's it was a literal box big box about as tall as a person in front it was a machine it was a vending machine basically in front of a store and you would go in there and you'd put what movie you wanted and it the dvd would be in the machine and it would spit it out to you you'd take it home you'd watch it and then you'd return it back to the machine you'd stick it back in yeah um well because the dvds had to be in the machine sometimes you'd want a movie and it wouldn't be 
at a particular machine. But they allowed you in the app to say, I want to watch this movie, and they'd tell you where it was. Yeah, which kiosk. So that was always a fun game, driving all around town to, like, oh, there's one over here! Uh, <laughs> and, um, and driving across town to find the movie that you wanted. I watched a clump of teenagers try to break into a red box once. That was fun to watch. I mean, wow. I didn't. Did uh, they succeed? I, I was in the car and I was in this at an intersection and I watched them just banging this thing and tipping it, you know, like you do if, you, if you're drink stuck in a vending machine. They were doing yeah. like that, just like rocking it and then punching it and doing all this. And then. So when you, when yeah. you see that happening, what, what do you do? Do you, do you just. Well, if I was let, there, I would have said. Let the kids have it or do you call the police? Oh, I would have called the cops. In fact, was was going to. I was in the car alone. It was late at night. I was at an intersection right. waiting for a light to turn green. So I wasn't like out walking around or whatever, but I was ready to grab my cell phone and call. But then yeah. I saw somebody who worked there did work. The place that they were at was, I think it was closed. I think it was dark inside. And that's why they were trying yeah. to do this. But somebody was there. And came running out, and they scattered, grabbed their skateboards, and scattered. They all had skateboards. Seems like a bad getaway car, but whatever. Somebody ran out. Were they shaking their fist in the air? They, they kind of, yeah. They were like yelling and cussing and freaking out. And I'm like, hey, well, you kids, get out of here! And I said, my work here is done, and I kept driving. But this is this is. Uh, I've said this before on the show. I once in a while have a weird urge, and I've never. I always get heat for this, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. I get a weird urge when I see. Just kids loitering somewhere, like I used to when I was fifteen. Okay, because that's what you do. It's part of growing up. You just you're hanging out, right? Um, when I see a wad of kids out and doing that somewhere in a parking lot, I'm so tempted to go scare the living crap out of them. I just want to get out of the car, look tall, talk loud, freak them out. Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what this is in me, but it's always in me. And when I see it, I just well, like, oh, I want to go scare that kid. There's something about a group of teenagers, and it's especially teenage boys. Yeah. There's something about a group of teenage boys that are hanging out that you just know that those kids, they think that they are the stuff. Oh, yeah. That they've got it all oh, yeah. figured out, yeah. and nothing can mess with them. They've got it. It's easy street from here on out. They know everything that they need to know. And and you were once that person, and you have the wisdom now to know that that you actually didn't know anything, and you still actually don't know anything. Yeah, I still really. <laughs> and it's don't. like you just want to knock them. I I, get, I I understand that feeling. You want to just knock them off their high horse and be like, "Look, kids, yeah, yeah. knock it off." You think I'm in some old guy walking over here? So so that's why I want to scare them because they're not going to take me seriously any other way. Right. Right. Because to them, I'm some old guy. And by the way, anybody 20 and older to them is an old guy. That's yeah. just how they see it. So I just want to put a little, you know, put a little scare the Jesus in them or whatever the word is I'm trying to find. I just want to have them go, ah, oh, no, that guy. And then they'll talk about it for years. Remember that time that guy got out of his car at midnight and freaking ran us off. Remember that? You know what I mean? One of, one of my favorite things to do when I see a group of teenagers regardless of whether they have skateboards or not, is I love to roll down the window and yell, Skater die, man! Yeah, skater die, dude. <laughs> Woo! Well, see, you're a, you're a kinder soul than I am. For whatever reason, that's just always a thing with me. I want to do it. My sister's like this. Wendy, my, my sister, the psychologist, she shares this desire sometimes. We've talked about it. So it must yeah. be a Johnson gene. I don't know what's going on. Our ancient, our ancient uh, 
uh, freaking uh, Viking blood coming out, you know, where we just want to go raid something. We take yeah. over your town, destroy your village, and steal your gold or something. something I'm like with that. you. Yeah. I'm I'm th- I'm with you. I'd love to put put the fear of of God into some teenagers. Yeah. Well, that's the phrase <laughs> I was it. looking for. Let's go terrorize the town. Let's do it. That's the phrase I was looking for. Fear of God, not the fear. What I say the the ghost of Jesus, whatever I said, that's not what Something I meant. Like that. Yeah, the ghost of Jesus. Catholics believe in that. It compels you. Um, all right, <laughs> let's get in here and have some fun with Brian Dunaway. So Dunaway is going to call today. We're still having a game, but you guys aren't calling in. All right, the way this is going to work is a little bit different. I'll explain in a second as soon as Dunaway arrives. Uh, but it's going to be just a little bit different today. You'll survive the change uh, until Brian gets back. The changes. The change, like you know, the 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 cha- break. What's the song? I can't think of the song. Something with about change. Change. There it is. That'll something, work. Something. Something. Yep. <laughs> yep. Your your knowledge of the lyrics are far and wide. Uh, Dunaway's not answering <laughs> now. That makes me worry. Let's see. Is he in the chat? I saw him earlier. He was in the chat earlier. Yeah, I don't know if he's just picking his butt. If he's uh, didn't Probably. notice. Uh, Sometimes before before my Tuesday segment, I think oh. Bill's on. I have time for a poop. Yep, this happened before. <laughs> we're with Brunt, yeah. with Dunaway, where he was like, "Oh, we thought I thought you had another ten minutes the way you guys were talking, and then he'll come back and feel bad." So maybe he's in the he might be in the pooper. I don't know. Yep, we'll find out you shortly. Know. Even if he doesn't answer, nature calls. Yes, nature calls. We probably even if, let's say he's not around, we could probably still make this work. Oh, I I could do this with just you because the, the the point of what I've got set up is to talk about the interesting thing and to to suss out the and because you yeah we could still do it we could still do it all right well he's ringing he's or ringing. we could just call anybody that's true <laughs> nor oh he sent me a message hold on uh we are doing um, a kind log of log won't flush can do <laughs> log won't flush stop. Please see message below. Stop. That's what it'll do. I never understood that stop stuff. Why are people to use that? What's that about? Do you know? That was the that was the the telegraph thing. Oh, oh right. Yeah, back in the day, they would say uh, the the natives have taken over the city. Stop. Uh, Did they? But that, that's what I'm wondering. Did they just not have? And this could be totally true. This isn't me being funny did they just not have punctuations that they could send over telegraph well maybe what it was was like i don't actually know that i wonder why they had to and they couldn't just say period or yeah well maybe stop is shorter than period and maybe there's no because it was all morse code i think right Mm -hmm. um so so maybe there's just no morse code for a for any punctuation yeah that might be it all right well i think he's not here so here's what we'll do We'll do this just with us. How about that? And uh, and the listener in a weird way, but I'll explain in a second. Here we go. All right, we're going to play a not uh, Battle Royale today. Uh, it'll be a little bit different. It's Bobby's Game, which sounds like a Stephen King book, doesn't it? Bobby's Game? Bobby's Game. Yep. Sequel to uh, Gerald's Game. Ooh, that's a, you don't want to be in that sequel. <laughs> of all the sequels to Stephen King books, I think that's one you want to steer clear from. Uh, anyway, uh, let's get to it. We're going to, um, here's how we're going to do it. I'm going to basically play this game for one of you a little bit like we do on Mondays, but the way it's going to work today, instead of you calling in, you're going to text the same number 801 and I'm going to take the fourth person who texts 
All right. You don't have to say anything. Actually, you do. You have to say the word beep or boop or something, something short. All right. So I can pick it out of the list here. But I'm going to pick the fourth one, not the first, not the fifth, not even two, three. It's going to be the fourth. So you may as well send it now. Don't try to be real strategic about it or anything. Oh, we already have it. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> ready. Uh, this comes... F- oh. Uh, you might also I, want to include your name. Your name, yeah. <laughs> I'll just ask them their name since they're the winner here. Uh, so I said, hi, what's your name? This is someone calling from the sixth... The only, th- the only information is, is I get their area code. So I've got 630 is all I have. But you can reply. You replied to one of my texts, so I know you can reply. Oh, it's Katie Talmo on the other end. Sweet. 630, that must be... Ba- not Vegas. Wait, Katie, you're in Vegas still, right? I think. I think she's still in Vegas. Anyway, Katie Talmo will be today's uh, potential winner of the following prizes. You're going to win Steam editions of Super Hot and Dear Esther Landmark Edition. Ooh. Uh, Dear Esther, Dear Esther is fantastic. The, the the quest, the meta quest two. I've been trying thinking about trying out Super Hot. Super Hot's awesome, especially in there. It's a great VR experience. Uh, yeah. I think it's good in 2D as well, but it's a it's a very much more immersive sort of thing to play in there. It actually kind of scared me, <laughs> but I get scared. <laughs> VR versions of things scare me, so you know, take that for whatever yeah. it's worth. Uh, but uh, yeah, you'll these are these are very cool games, and I'm pretty sure Super Hot for Steam also works in VR. So I think you're safe with this one if you end up getting it, Katie, and you don't have uh, a headset. Anyway, uh, so there's that. Hey, let's get straight to it here. Bobby, you want to explain your game and how we can try to win some prizes for Katie? Yep, it's going to be called... The game's going to be called uh, Science or Fiction. Oh, hold on. Ready? Science or Fiction. Oh, man. I don't even know. We should have had a thing for this. Um, Do I have a thing? Uh, Here. There, that's your thing. That's all you got. <laughs> all right. Um, let me ask you a question. Have you ever listened to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast? Uh, never in my life. It sounds like something I'd okay. like, though. Okay, good, because in the short notice that I had, I, 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 I stole these questions from them, from their podcast. Okay. If right. I had had more time to prepare, I would not have. But I want to give full credit to the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe podcast so that so sure. nobody thinks that I'm trying to pull one over on them and, and cheat here. No worries. Um, but these are questions. So the, the game is where I'm going to present to you a statement and you, it may be true. It may be a statement as stated. It may be true or false. It might be science or fiction. Okay. And then you have to decide which one it is. Ah, and, uh, okay. Science or fiction. I like this. Yeah. I think so I'm you can just well. tell me true or false because some of these are like are, are statements of popular myths that may or may not be true. Um, so so just as each thing, as it's stated, you tell me if it's true or if it's false. Okay? Okay, sounds good. Is that show worth listening to, by the way? Is that a thing I should put in my rotation? Do you like it? Um, I love it. It's a, it's a little long, um, but I love it. It's, it's a lot of science news. They have many, many hosts, but they've been doing it for a really, really long time, and, and they handle it really, really well. Chat room says they had to stop listening because someone, Novella's brother, annoys them or something. I don't know what that is. You know, they could be. It's there are three brothers of the host. There are three brothers, and they are all the last name Novella. And one of them I could see is it might be annoying. Interesting. <laughs> all brothers doing a podcast. That's mm-hmm. actually kind of cool. Everyone thinks I should do one with my Korean brother, but he, I don't think he'll do it. He's yeah. too. He gets too nervous. He's camera shy. 
when it comes to this stuff. Anyway. Are you ready for number one? I'm ready for number one. Give it to me. All right. Number one is, the, the statement is, cattails, uh, you know the, the plant cattails? Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, cattails are almost entirely edible and, in fact, produce more edible starch per acre than any other green plant. Starch per acre? Yeah. I mean, I could see. Is this that true they, or is that false? When you when you break one open, they have like magical amounts of stuff inside. If it's what I'm thinking of, but those are all dried out and kind of like cotton. Who would eat that? How would you process that? I've never heard of anybody eating that, so I'm gonna say. Part part of this question is it's edible. Is the claim right? Yes, it's edible starch. In fact, produces more edible starch per acre than any other green plant. I'll just guess. I'll, I don't actually know this. I'm going to go against my gut and say that, yes, this is true. It's science. In fact, it is true. It is true. Oh, my gosh. Is yes, it really? Yes, it is true. So, right. so cattails produce a lot of starch. You, you, you mentioned that they're like dry, the, the cattail part that, that makes it seem like a cattail, that brown thing at the top. Yeah. It's really, bit. really dry. Mm-hmm. So clearly you've you've held one and messed with it before, right? I have, yeah. They're amazing. If you start breaking those up, certainly, I think maybe it's in the fall or whenever it's matured, but you open up that top bit and you'd you'd swear it's it's like a clown car. It's like right. how, There's how, how do they... like fiber and stuff yeah, that comes out of it. Like how did they get it that much into that tiny compact space? <laughs> it's crazy to me. Well, so you're right that that's not edible. Because it's dried cattail, but before it, it dries out and becomes green, that that top actually is or becomes brown. That top is actually green and can be cooked and eaten. Is it good? Have uh, you had this? And apparently, it is good. Some cultures cook it and eat it as part of everyday life. Um, wow. It was an important uh, frontier crop or frontier plant, or in and um, early colonies or in, in the colonies early on in the. In the colonization of of um, the United so they, States, it they was came important. over here and said, "Hey, uh, what do you want to eat?" And they said, "Well, we got these cattails. Let's do that." That's basically it. Yeah, yeah. And the stalk is also edible. The roots, so the whole plant. There's t- tons of stuff. And and they do say that if you monocropped it, which means like like you you're not going to go and pick a bunch next to rivers and get get enough like per acre. Sure. But if to, you monocropped yeah. it and actually and actually planted it and produced it, it would be more starch than potatoes and yams. Oh, my Lord. Well, I um, hate yams, yep. so let's, I'm looking for a replacement for yams. That sounds good. Yep. I don't like yams. Yep. So so uh, uh, let me ask you this question. Does it require a wetland-type environment, or can it be cultivated here in the Rocky Mountains? Like, can you make that it? That I don't know. I would assume that it needs some kind of very wet, wet land because um it's always next to rivers and and whatnot right yeah stick you to should the also rivers as and, a warning oh, yeah. anybody who's like foraging if if the water source is known to be polluted you should never eat a cattail because that part of the 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 the, the big top even if it's green it's used to filter the water that the plant uses oh. so it, it will concentrate any toxins that are in the water that but as long as the like, water source is clean but what if it's like fish pee and stuff you don't want fish pee in your cattail right well you're i'm I'm sure you get fish pee in your (laughs) diet all the time i'm probably drinking some fish pee in this tea right now for all i know that's that's what my coffee tastes like is fish pee or cat pee because there's there's some mushroom in this and they a a cat could have peed on that 
I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. All right. You ready for another one? Give me another one. I'm so far. I'm one for one here. Yeah, that, you got that one right. You're right. Oh, but, by the way, so the rules is, if I, the rules is, I can't even talk. The, <laughs> the rules, rules are, is. as the rules is, I, if I win, if I get all these correct or enough of them correct, more correct than not, Katie walks away a winner. If I get okay. more wrong than not, she she loses and we pass these to, uh, forward to whoever's next. Yep. Right? And okay. Scott reserves the right to change the rules in the middle of the game like he often does. Yeah, which I don't mind doing at all. It's not a problem. <laughs> All right, here's one uh, about nipple piercing. Oh, good. (laughs) Here's the statement. You ready? Yeah. Nipple piercing was popular among Victorian upper-class women as it was believed to suppress sexual desire and prevent pregnancy if the former function failed. And create infection. Um, Hmm. (laughs) That sounds crazy, but it wouldn't surprise me here. Nipple piercing. Popular among Victorian upper-class women, as it was believed to suppress sexual desire and prevent pregnancy if the former function failed. I'm going to say... Jeez. I'm going to say false. I just want it to You're be... say false. I want it to be false so bad that it's, it's driving my decision, but I'm going to say false. Well, Scott, you're two for two. Oh, it my gosh. <laughs> but why? The morning why would we just... I don't know why that played. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> why would we just make something up like that? There actually is something. So it, nipple piercing actually was very popular in Victorian women, but not because of what I said. It was because they liked it. Oh! <laughs> um, it was uh, It was actually thought that um, uh, Vic- upper-class Victorian women thought it made them more attractive mm-hmm. um, and, and that it felt good. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and uh, and so not not too dissimilar from why people pierce their nipples today. I'm not shaming um, anyone for this, but I'm telling you right now, I will never and have never and could never pierce a nipple, and here's why. I understand it's maybe on the back end you you got some value there, <laughs> but the initial is someone is ramming a rod through your freaking nipple. <laughs> F that noise. I'm not doing that ever. Oh my gosh, it sounds yeah. horrid. I can't even imagine yeah. it. The only thing that sounds worse is like either genital piercing or like uh actually any piercing. I don't want to do ears. Y- y'all with your holes in you. What are you doing there? What's that about? It, apparently it was also a display of wealth and power for an interesting reason because uh having your nipples and and genitals pierced you have to have really good hygiene, yeah, um, in order to to make it so that that doesn't get infected and gross. Um, so you won't do it. You wouldn't do it unless you could bathe every day. And, uh, and you were you were higher up if you could do that. I get it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, exactly. I thought maybe it was like you could put really fancy gold on your nipple rings or something, and they would say, "Oh, look at the rich guy over there with the nipple rings and the gold and the whatnot." You know? Yeah, look at the nipple rings on that fella. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm feeling good. Two for two. Let's do this. What's third? All right, I got another one. This one is actually not from the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I got this one on my own. Um, but uh, here's the statement. Ready? Mm-hmm. Glass is not a solid, but in fact is a high viscosity liquid. Is that true or false? It, well, that's true when it's at a certain temperature. So glass just in your window, as you think about it, or, or anywhere, just glass in its solid form, quote-unquote solid form, the statement is 
It is not actually a solid, but in fact is a high viscosity liquid. And viscosity meaning, I mean, this is ultimate viscosity because it's literally like the hardest it's ever going to get. Right. Viscosity, like meaning that it flows very slowly. So molasses, for example, would be higher viscosity than water because whereas they're both liquids, molasses flows very (sighs) more slowly. Also, it depends on the kind. Like modern glass, there's tempered glass, there's all these different kinds. It's not like the old days where they had that wibbly wobbly stuff in the in the saloon, where if you look through it, everything was all distorted because that's the best we could do back then. Oh, geez. Uh, I feel like I'm getting tricked on this one. I'm going to say f- false. I don't think it is. You're going to say false? Yeah. The the chat room mostly are all saying true. Are you sure that you want to say false? Yeah, because I don't. They're trying to steer me in the wrong direction anyway. I never trust what All they're right. saying. Well, the answer is false. Oh. It's false. Oh, that means um, I'm right. Actually, you are correct. Yeah, dude. Woo! <laughs> it's actually a common myth that this that it's a high viscosity liquid, but it's not. Um and the myth comes from the fact that you got window panes in old buildings like like stained glass windows in really old churches. They'll have thicker glass towards the bottom of the panes. And so the idea was people thought, well, they would if you made the glass pane evenly thick, then then it must be sagging. Why is it, it why would they all be thicker at the bottom unless it was just very slowly sure s- sagging towards the bottom. Right. And that, that and it, I'm, that's why I almost went that direction. It just right. it just doesn't match though with what I can feel and see especially today. So I kind of thought it was a trick where you're going to say modern glass we do this now now it makes it a solid where the old stuff maybe was or whatever you trusted your feelings like a good jedi trust your feelings yeah i did i trusted my feelings and i um used the force yeah yeah um so the 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 (laughs) truth is so the question might be why then are all these glass panes thick at the bottom i bet i know Why, why don't we ever see it the other way around and it was because it was hard to make glass evenly thick yeah back in the day so sometimes it would be thicker on one end than the other because it just was really hard to do. And and when it was thicker at the bottom of the pane, the the craftsman, the window, the windowman <laughs> would um, windowman would just put they would put the thicker part at the bottom because why would you put it at the top? It's more stable for it to be at the bottom. Yeah, I agree. But well, you wouldn't put it up top. It'd be heavy, top heavy. This makes perfect sense to me. See, this is all. This is how life is. We all think we know a thing. We don't know things. Go with your gut, or don't. Yep, yep. Actually, the gut's the problem too. Sometimes. Just today, my gut was right. Yes. Sometimes your gut is right. Sometimes you need a little gas act. That's right. Three for three, everybody. What am I, four for four? What are we? Three for three. That's three for three. Three for three. All right, here we go. Ready? Yeah, go. This is, uh, I'm going to have to ratchet up the difficulty. All right, I'm fine with that. I'm okay. Next level. Here we go. Here's here's the statement. The heating up of a spacecraft as it re-enters and descends through the atmosphere. So you know that that happens, yeah. right? A spacecraft comes in. Yeah. Gets so all hot underneath, the little flames underneath the thing and all that, yeah. Yeah, it starts to glow and everything. Yeah. So the heating up of the spacecraft as it re-enters and descends through the atmosphere is not mostly caused by friction, which is only responsible for a small amount of the heat, uh, less than 5%. 5% is caused by friction. The rest is what? Under 5% is caused by friction. You've heard, I'm sure, that it, that friction, it, friction with the air, yeah. is what causes all that that heat. I have heard but that. But the statement I'm making, <clears throat> yeah. and you have to determine whether it's true or false, is that it's not friction. 
that friction only causes a minuscule amount of the heat. I'm going to say that that's... So there's got to be other atmospheric stuff in place. I'm going to say that that's true, that it's a small percentage, and it's something else causing it. All right. Well, you're correct. Look at me. Look at the brain on Brad. Woo! <laughs> um, all right. So, th- so it's true. It's it's not caused by friction. It's commonly thought that it's caused by friction. That's what you hear all the time. But what's actually happening? And I know at least one other person said in the chat room the correct answer here that the actual the heat is co- being caused by compressed air in front of the spacecraft. Hmm. It's moving so fast that the air does not have time to get out of the way. No matter how so aerodynamic gets, you are, it, it, it's it's just too fast. It can't get out of the well, way. Well, and the spacecraft very <clears throat> deliberately is is not entering in the most aerodynamic way that it can because it's trying to slow down. Got right? it. Got it. But uh, but even if it even if it were entering in a more aerodynamic way, um, it it would uh, it, this heat would probably still happen because it's moving so fast that it compresses air. The air doesn't have the time to get out of the way, and compressed air, when it when it compresses, it heats up. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Sure. You know, PV equals NRT. You learned it in in chemistry. Sure. Um, and uh, but anyway, it's just the 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 air gets so hot that it radiates heat, and then causes the spacecraft to heat so up. There's, so there's so it, it would be easily confused because in, in a lot of cases friction is a similar problem or a similar um, effect, but. In this case, it's not. I mean, why couldn't you call it friction with air that won't move fast enough? Why isn't it still friction? You know what I mean? Right. And and probably, like you said, aerodynamics, at least for when the spacecraft is taking off, they want it to be as aerodynamic as possible so that less fuel is needed to get it up. So they probably make it as frictionless as they can. Yeah, I'm sure they do, um, right? And those tiles they use uh, are... Yeah. I don't know if those are just heat-resistant or what the deal is, but they do that. They have... They do, you know, aerodynamics do matter in some sense. They are heat resistant. I went to space camp when I was a kid and they did a demonstration. I got to put my hand on one side of one of those tiles, which isn't that thick. Put my hand on one side and they blew a blowtorch onto the other side of the tile and it was glowing red hot with my hand right behind it. Oh, weird. Couldn't even tell. You couldn't tell? I also did space camp, but ours was like a fake. Was it? Did yours do this? They put us in a thing and left us in there for four days. And we had to run it like a ship. And oh my god, that doesn't sound like space camp. That sounds like survival. Camp. It was awesome. It was this really cool thing, and there's a long list to sign up. And I got lucky, got in one year. Um, and it was just at the school. Was but, it, so it was in Utah. It sounds like a very oh yeah, it was totally here. It was Utah at my high school. Thing. It was at it was at yeah. Brighton High School. I don't know if other schools did it, but we had this teacher who was super into aerospace and all that, and he had. It was a science teacher, and he had this this room especially set up with like a fake capsule type thing, and you had to go into it, and inside were all these knobs and buttons and systems, and uh, we had to kind of, you know, if something went wrong, we had to react and do whatever, and all I remember is this kid named Paul vomited in there. That's all I remember. <laughs> That's my main memory. This kid puked. Paul. All right, we got time for one more? Yeah, we got one more. Do it. All right, all right. This is the best one. Save the best for last. Again, I got these from the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Um, so the the here here's the statement: Tobacco smoke enemas uh, were popular mainstream Victorian treatments for multiple ailments, from cholera to drowning. 
Drowning? How do you... Wait, the guy's dead? Tobacco smoke enemas. <laughs> I'm just giving you the statement. <laughs> All right. <I'm> not, <laughs> All right. Were popular mainstream treatments in Victorian times in Victorian England for multiple ailments from cholera to drowning. Okay, I'm going to say that this is true because A, those people were nuts back then and everything was snake oil and it sounds like something they would do. But also, I have heard of tobacco enemas before. Um... This is tobacco smoke enemas. Right, right. But I'm, I'm just, I feel like. But you've heard of tobacco enemas, sure. And and somebody hooking themselves up to a little smoke pipe, you know, downstairs seems like sensible Victorian science to me. So I'm, I'm going to say yes, this happened. Well, you're correct. Of course, this happened because, like you said, (laughs) in Victorian England, they did crazy stuff. You know what I've done here? (laughs) I worked the board. I ran the board. You guys, you really did. You really did. Yep, Katie, Um, you're a winner. uh, Whoops, wrong one. Congratulations, you're a winner. winner. Sorry, go ahead. But you know what? It's not that hard to believe because nowadays people just stick everything up their butts, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. We still do this. People still do coffee enemas. People do all sorts of stuff, and there may be some benefits that aren't you know completely proven or whatever yeah i ain't never doing it never ever that's exit so, only exit only baby. and it's it's not that much of a leap to think of uh back then in victorian england uh they we didn't really understand tobacco was medicinally used all the time it didn't really understand the dangers of tobacco yet right right um native americans used it for a long time medicinally and um and uh Enemas in general were also a common treatment for things, so you just put the two together, and um, there you go. Uh, but how did they think that it worked? Tobacco smoke, in particular, um, with the drowning—that's weird, right? Yeah, it is weird. So they thought for drowning in particular that if you if you put the smoke in the butt, mm-hmm. it would warm up the body. Yeah. The nicotine would then stimulate the heart. Yeah. And then water would somehow be displaced out of the body. Did they ever have a? Did they ever have a? Uh, did they ever chronicle a case that worked, like where they can say I that happened? I doubt it. Yeah, that's my thinking too. <laughs> Who knows? I doubt that ever worked. Or if it did, it was like a fluke where the guy was not all that drowned. It's not as drowned as. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as drowned as he was reported to be. <laughs> He's not as drowned as he thunk he was. Yeah, um, seems hardcore. I had a friend so, named and, Chuck when I, or I had a coworker named Chuck who claimed that he did hot sauce enemas. And that's about all I want to oh say about that. God. But he claimed it. He said he'd get a whole... It'd be a mixture of water, but then like a ton of Tabasco or a ton of um, Cholula. He liked that the best. And yep. uh, and he would he would do that. And he says it was great. Oh, it's changed my life, you guys. Like, okay, man. No thanks. Now not the, doing it. The joke I know everybody's thinking of at home, and I'm surprised you haven't made yet, is blowing smoke up someone's ass. Oh, is this where it came from? This is where it came from. No, that's li- literally where this where that phrase comes from. I is love from it. The Victorian practice of blowing s- tobacco smoke. Enemas. Okay, <laughs> that actually makes sense because it's patently untrue that it would work normally. Exactly. And so there, therefore, you're blowing smoke up my ass means you're lying to me, or you're just. Isn't that a feel good story there? Because you're like, oh, the reason that this phrase means. That you're you're putting somebody on, or you're lying to them, or you're you're trying to make them feel good about something, is because eventually people realized that this was just a placebo, just didn't do anything, just made people feel like something was happening. Yeah, they felt better. the The family felt better that they tried something, yeah. which is usually our <laughs> for their drowning. Yeah. Well, we tried CPR. Uh, CPR probably wasn't even invented. No, then, right? No, <laughs> I didn't know what to do with that. Probably, I think. <laughs> they I don't didn't think. Didn't even know mouth to mouth. They were like, 
Well, uh, what could we do? Um, <laughs> How about a, a tube in the Hooter? How about that? Let's yeah. get that up there. It, it's funny that it went there instead of trying to breathe into their lungs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad, you know what? I'm glad I don't live in the Victorian era suddenly today. Yeah, you probably died of a lot of things you shouldn't have died of if you lived in Victorian England. Yeah. I feel like even Mad Max people knew know better about how to save people from drowning. Well, mainly there's not well, enough water there, so... Well, congratulations, Scott. You got 100%. And congratulations, Katie Talmo. Yep, you win. Uh, Katie, I'll send you uh, these codes via this text. Uh, This is the other nice thing about this text. I can just very quickly send these off. And you are our winner. Congratulations. Just put those codes in Steam, and they are yours. Congratulations once again. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, some time with Tom Merritt, and then recommendals after that. Before we go, though, we're going to play a song. Uh, This is an indie in the middle that Brian sent to me. Thankfully, uh, because I don't know how to do this. I don't know who to pick or what to do. You know what I mean? I just know songs I like, and I'll play those occasionally. But, you know, when Brian's Brian's got stuff. So here's what he sent me. Cumulus, new album by Something Brighter. It's out today, October 21st. So it's been a few days. Uh, Anyway, uh, as the title might suggest, the latest LP from the Pacific Northwest musician, also known as uh, Alexandra, Alexandra. It's an interesting name. Alexandra. Lockhart is a panacea for our turbulent and otherwise challenging times. Quote, if optimists exist in these quasi-apocalyptic days, writes the vaulted Seattle alt-weekly The Stranger in a recent profile, they are, re- uh, they are certainly an endangered species. But thanks to Cumulus, they have a brilliant new soundtrack for Dancing in the Rubble. Uh, they say the song is something brighter from Cumulus. We're going to play it now. And when we come back, Tom Merritt will be joining us. So please... Enjoy, and we'll see you in a moment.
Toshiba offers a system for storing up to four megabytes of data on the newer three and a half inch diskette. This is accomplished using what's called perpendicular recording. Toshiba is the first manufacturer in the world to offer this new technique commercially. What were the yellow pages? Um, in the Constitution. The morning stream. Yes, I'm not easy to get along with, am I? And we returned. That was once again Cumulus and their new album, Something Brighter, uh, is out today. So check it out. And uh, thank you again, Brian, for help, uh, helping me set that up. All right. And also, Scott Fletcher's wrong. He's very easy to be around. Super easy to be around guy. That line was not true about him at all. Especially this part <laughs> right here. Where is it? I'm not easy to get along with, am that, I? That's bullcrap. It's total bullcrap. I agree. Uh, you've met him. He was in Vegas. Yeah. You know. He's very easy to, to be around. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Yeah, Scott Fletcher. Him and uh, Christine. Is it Christine? Christine, his wife, yes. Yeah. She's wonderful. She's probably listening now because we got recommendals coming up. And as you know, she's very picky about that. <laughs> she's waiting. Yeah. Uh, you may know her from... Shitoutofluck.com. There she is. All right. Uh, what now, Tom? That's who. That's what. Tom, uh, I think feel, feeling much, much, much better after also contracting COVID for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I got that from his uh, from his newsletter. That's how which, I heard it as well. Which I subscribed to. Yeah, if you subscribe to Tom's newsletter, then you know this particular status, and we're going to find out how he's doing right now. With the computer, as with any tool, the concept and direction must come from the man. That man is Tom Merritt. He joins us here on the show every Wednesday to talk about the goings-on in the tech world, but also we want to check in on and make sure he's feeling better. Tom, how's your post-COVID lifestyle going? Uh, well, it's not post yet, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. technically, at least according to the two little lines on the plastic thing. But uh, yeah, I've been, no, I'm feeling uh, 98%. Normal. Oh, it's pretty good. Uh, That's not the, bad. In fact, the only symptom I'm having is that Brian Ibbett looks really different to me suddenly. I know, right? That's what happens. You get COVID, yeah. Brian gets hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the weirdest side effect I've ever heard of. And yeah. he really gets hair. Where He's not messing around with how much hair he gets when uh, when he's here. But uh, uh, yeah, Brian's down with some sort of non-COVID horrible flu. Which he said it was. It's so much worse than the actual COVID was. Which tells me that these vaccines work. And I'm glad that Tom's yeah. vaccinated and doing well. And, hey, uh, no, that, that that's a good point. Uh, I got my fourth booster, the bivalent one, on September 27th. Uh, I first started showing symptoms last Wednesday. Got the test. Was positive. Uh, was kind of. Uh, I, I would say I was sick on thursday and friday yeah uh for sure started to feel a little better on saturday and by monday i was i was kind of back to normal which uh tells me uh that my personal constitution is amazing and it had nothing to do with the vaccine no you know what it is I, it's all me it's all those f uh, fish things you eat you eat a lot of fish 
Tom. eat a lot of sardines. <laughs> yeah, I do. Tom's yeah. a sardine guy, and I think those a lot of oranges too. Those omega threes plus your your mm-hmm. vitamin C intake, boy howdy, get through COVID. Do you like eat them out of a can with a with a key? <laughs> uh, they don't have the key anymore. I'm a little disappointed that <laughs> oh. they don't use the key. Yeah, it's just a pop top now. That's a shame. Uh, That's what the ca- I, the cartoons have have told me that that's how they come they've led us astray yeah, yeah. yeah it's a real bummer. i i i wish they i wish they still did it'd be so much fun and then i'd have a little collection of keys to yeah. show all the sardines well uh yeah. thanks to you it is now one more down i feel like i'm very quickly becoming the only person in our circles i know i thought i thought i could i thought i i i like justin robert young before me thought i could evade it but yeah. no run scott run yeah, run run away and I, I haven't gotten it yet either oh my, that's right my, that's right bobby my, you down there in even, south carolina even one of my kids got it and i didn't get it yeah go bobby go scott <laughs> save yourselves <laughs> get away while you still can well i'm i'm hopeful and uh i don't want to hear about this new cube variant whatever it is i don't want to hear about it everybody just keep it to yourselves uh tom Merritt. i, I thought it was a gamecube <laughs> it's no? a gamecube yeah the new gamecube run run away from it uh hey you're here because we do tech stuff and uh we do it on wednesday uh what is what is happening what's boiling out there i can't wait to hear yeah, so uh, what, one of the things that's been kicking around for a couple of days, and I think Sarah wants to uh, address it on the show with you on uh, today, is this study that showed that children who reported playing a lot of video games at the ages of 9 and 10 uh, had better memory, better oh, yeah. motor skills, yeah, yeah. Uh, better attention, not just on tests, uh, but also with uh, increased activity in brain regions associated with those kinds of things. Uh, it is a correlation, not a causation. Uh, it may be that when you have those better things, you're more likely to want to play video games, but it's an interesting correlation nonetheless. Yeah, we talked about this a bit on was it yesterday, Bobby? We, I think yeah, we, we did. talked a, bit, a little bit about it. I'd love to hear what your take is. Yeah, what is your that. take? Like the one, the one takeaway I had was they didn't tell us what genres or games they played. Other, <laughs> otherwise, it sounds like this really great study. There's like more than or eighteen hundred to two thousand kids involved. Like it's a big sort of you know rich with data sort of result and all that. But they don't actually say. Were these kids playing Call of Duty? Were they playing a simple match three puzzle game? Like I don't, I don't know what they these mean by nine games. and ten year olds were all playing Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm sure, I'm sure a few of them were. Honestly, uh, yeah. that that's a that's a good question. Uh, the Adolescent Brain Cognitive Development Study is an ongoing study with thousands of kids in the U.S. Yeah. where they they do regular surveys and tests for multiple reasons. So the scientists who did this paper pulled from that data. Oh, okay. uh, and and that data includes a question that says, uh, how many uh, how much time did you spend playing a video game today? So yeah. what defines a video game is left to the child, Interesting. Uh, which is not I, I think you might be quick to call that a weakness in the study. It's not. But it is something you should know about the data. This is self-reported, uh, which means the margins for error get get a little fuzzier, right? Mm-hmm. Because uh, it, it's up to the child to define what a video game was, and it's up to the child to remember how much time they spent on it, which may or may not be particularly accurate. And I know when I science- ask my child, <laughs> how long have you been playing video games now? They're always 100% accurate. Perfect yeah, the, motiv- the motivation of the questioner probably has a big effect. Uh, <laughs> That's true. The, the questioner might not have been saying, then put it down. <laughs> yeah. My, my, uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. 
but the the reason I bring that up is is it, it, you might be tempted to want to throw that that data out then, but it's not entirely unreliable. What what you find out is when you spread it across two thousand two hundred seventeen children, uh, and this is why you need large sample sizes. It tends to be close enough to be able to to treat it in very large amounts, and that's what they did in this study. They they took out. The children who said they played more than 21 hours a day and the children who said they didn't play any a day. And they sort of left out that middle ground to sort of not try to rely on the accuracy of the data too much. Kids who said they played a lot probably played a lot. And the kids who said they played none, well, they might have played a little, but they probably played close to zero. If you played some, you probably reported it. So so they were looking at the extreme ends, which makes me think, okay, you're likely to have you know relatively accurate data when you're talking about a chunk that size. You're sure. not trying to find slice it between like who who had nine and a half and who had 10 and a half hours. Yeah, the, for me, the, the it doesn't actually hurt the study to not know. I just think it would be fascinating either further study or new study exactly to get into the categories yeah Mm because to be able to say like oh well this many kids they were just playing simple puzzle games on their phone but these kids were playing Fortnite at a very competitive level what is is there a difference there maybe not but that's that to me would be interesting further study um as it stands it's really interesting that that's the way science is supposed to work right right right. is is you go like is there anything to study we have existing data. Yeah. Uh, it's it's very law. Lo- you know, it's it's very rough, right? It's a, it's a rough draft, but it's it's there's enough response. We've got thousands of children, and we can bro- block the data in large enough chunks that it's useful, right? Mm-hmm. It's not nearly worthless. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can say, all right, if we see anything here, then that warrants additional study. That means like, all right, maybe we we want to bring some children into the lab, have them actually play some games, measure their their cognition, and and, and such there and that's when you can start to tell like what kinds of games uh correlate with what kinds of of skills on a more fine-tuned basis but that that's all further study this this is basically uh trying to say we see a lot of studies that show the negative effects of video games we wanted to see if there was also positive effects the other thing that they did not find is any correlation with mental health Mm. uh there was there was no a difference between the two groups on whether they had better or worse mental health. Yeah, which is um, interesting from the perspective of everybody wants to default to why, you know, if their yeah, kid seems a little it's, depressed. It's interesting it's just, in the historical context right, of, right. of video game studies in science, you know. Absolutely. Well, and and that's know. the other thing, too, is, is like that also warrants further study, which is, right. okay, but... Are there children with certain kinds of mental health issues where the video games do aggravate it? Uh, because right. there has been uh, a correlation with aggression as well. Again, uh, we haven't done enough studying to find out, is it that if you are more aggressive, you're more likely to want to play a video game? Or is it the video game aggravates it? Does it aggravate it for some conditions and not others, uh, etc.? So the, that's the way you need to approach them. Yeah, I have right. enough uh, weird sort of side data just from friendships to know that if they're if I know people that are kind of competitive minded, they tend to play games that are extremely competitive. That makes um, sense, right? It does yeah, make yeah. sense, right? Yeah. There's like a sensible conclusion there, but I love, I love it when they we're applying sort of scientific method to these things. Cause I don't know, we're at a point now where games aren't just a, a, a weird uh, offshoot that kids play. We're at a place where, you know, adults in places of leadership and business and ever otherwise all grew up on this stuff, you know, whether it's, that's just where we're at. So yeah. even the the oldest is you know played a, I don't know pong or freaking 
Missile Command at the local arcade and is now, you know, some CEO somewhere. They've all had some experience with it. And now more than ever, you know, in the 90s, it was all it was getting blamed for everything. But now more than ever, I just think it's more like, all right, well, no, it's everywhere now. This is huge. It's bigger than the entertainment industry. It's bigger than the film industry. Um, we should study it more and actually understand it and not just jump to conclusions and blame it for things. So yeah. I'm all for this. And also, c- keep in mind, not every study is studying everything. Uh, Red Fraggle 3 a- asks a great question. Don't psychological tests usually do a baseline for variables like that? Uh, you do a baseline for variables that you're studying. Okay. Uh, so, so yes, uh, depending on what you're studying, you you will try to go for those those variables. It depends on how you design the study and what what you're after. This study was a meta study. They're saying let's look at the data and, and let's look at a large enough chunk of it that it's usable, and let's see if we notice a correlation. If we do, then that says ah, maybe we should do a psychological study with some baselines and 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 pursue that more. Yeah, yeah. I when agree. it comes to science, what you're looking for is important to remember. The that's important for the context because. It's really, it's easy after the fact when you're thinking about the implications of data that was found to think, oh, well, why didn't you look at this? Or why didn't you ask this question or or anything like that? But it's actually bad science to try to collect everything. Right, Um, right. Because because that makes the mining for the statistics and and what's called p-hacking and everything really tempting to do bad statistics on the science. Good science is you ask a question, and then you design something to answer that specific question. And then more questions might come up. And so that that's another hallmark of a good scientific study is you've generated a bunch of questions from, from that. And so now you go and answer those questions. Yep. Yeah. The, the, this uh, article uh, actually has the question, what is the association between video gaming and cognition in children? Mm. And right. this is how they answered it. And and you're, you're right, Bobby. That's, that's well explained. Uh, those questions that you have about, well, why didn't you do this? And what about that? Those are the questions that sci- that's doing science after you've done your study to be like, right. OK, these are the questions I have. Now I need to pick one of those and then, def- you know, define a study like Bobby was talking about. Well, if this sounds like interesting conversation, good news. Daily Tech News Show today uh, will have more about this and much more in the lineup so do check it out today at 2 p.m mountain time and uh if you're not already subbing to the podcast you should do that as well uh tom Merritt, you've always got a million things going on i learned about your 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 covid from the newsletter ah yeah so Mm -hmm. you probably got that going you got other things going on tell tell us what's coming up for you Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, so so a couple notes of programming. I won't be on Daily Tech News Show with you today uh, <laughs> because I'm working on some, some of that other stuff. Uh, but Sarah will be talking about this video game study with Scott. And I will be on the show because I recorded an interview with Captain Brian Hoffman about the GPS outage that happened in Dallas-Fort Worth uh, oh, last week. Yeah. Yeah, I was curious and, about that. And he's going to explain, you know, why aircraft have to react the way they do, why it caused delays, uh, what are the possible causes of it, and why we don't know uh, what caused this one yet, when usually we do. And he'll make his best guess about what he thinks probably caused it uh, as well. So that will be on the show today as well, dailytechnewsshow.com. Probably not an alien uh, EMP, though, right? Probably not that. I don't know. Tune in and find out. Oh, you guys, you don't even know. Oh, my gosh, I'm so excited to find out myself. That's later today, 2 p.m. Mountain. Tom Merritt, I hope you continue to feel better, and we will see you next time. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye, Tom. All right. I like that. Further digging into the study you brought up. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. 
it's I love getting different perspectives on on different things. Yep. Uh, so there you have that. Uh, okay, recommendals a little weird today because Randy had a gig in the morning at work that he could not get out of, so he's not here. And Nicole, very last minute, also had something come up. Good news is this. I have two things it was to recommend. Me. It's it was me. You. I everyone's, know. Everyone's allergic to Bobby, except me, apparently. I don't break out in the hives they do. Uh, but I've got two recommendals for horror movies this week, and then anything Bobby wants to recommend, absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and dive us into this thing as if life depended on it. Hold on a second. Where the hell's the thing? There it is. Doodle-doodle-doo. All right, it's time for recommendals. These are things that I've seen on streaming services here recently that I would like to share with the grander audience. And because I'm super into Halloween this year and I've been watching a lot of horror movies, as people know, I'm going to recommend a couple of them. Good news is you don't have to have a Shutter subscription to see these, uh, which is where I've been hanging out lately. I got these on Hulu for my first one and HBO Max for my second. And I'm going to start with the top one in on, uh, on Hulu. So this is a British movie that came out uh, very recently. And I was skeptical going in and I came away wanting to recommend it. Uh, so we'll get this one out of the way first. Here's my clip. You don't give orders anymore. You're finished. Daddy, go home. I've come to rescue you. It's you she needed rescuing from, you and your silent partner. Whoever you grovel to isn't doing you much good, is it? Look at the daughter your husband gave his life for, rotting before your eyes, just like you. You can't help anyone. Just ask your daughter. Abby? What is this? Get her over the circle. You know what will happen if you don't. Don't turn your back on me. All right, some mayhem there. A little bit of mayhem uh, toward the end of that clip. The movie is called Matriarch. And Ooh. it was directed by Ben Steiner. This just came out on Hulu. I believe it was uh, uh, imported from our friends in Britain. Uh, the the uh, brief description for this is, Afflicted with a mysterious disease after surviving an overdose, a woman returns to her childhood home to confront her personal demons, but instead discovers a real one. Uh, it is creepy as crap and very weird. And I liked it a whole lot, partially or maybe even mostly because of the performance of one Katie or Kate Dickey. And you might say, who the crap is Kate Dickey? You absolutely know her from a whole bunch of stuff. In particular, you know her from... Uh, the character Ford from Prometheus. You know her from the recent Green Knight film. She was the mom in The Witch, another very weird, dark uh, horror movie that I love. Um, she's Lady... Um, oh, now i got to look, look it up so I don't get this name wrong. It was Game of Thrones' Lisa Aaron. She's the one that got tossed through the big window. Remember that? Oh, yes. Yep. That, that's where I recognize her from. Yeah. Breastfeeding her, her son way too late, all that stuff. Uh, yep. Game of Thrones character. She's great in that as well. Something about her is just the, some of the most riveting uh, acting in anything every time I see her. I just absolutely love that lady. I don't know why she's so compelling, but she is. Um, and she's really great in this as the mother to our main character. Um, Matriarch all- also, also stars... Simon Meacock. Yeah, Simon Meacock, which is, uh, you know, look at that. Uh, He plays Leonard, a very weird character. It's all very strange, disconcerting, tonally very, like, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's not going to, if you're, again, if you're listening to this and going, I don't like horror movies, don't watch this movie. I would probably, you know, put it in there with, like, um, Midsummer, maybe Hereditary, that kind of level of, 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 
dark and creepy. Um, it helps that they're all British for some reason for me. I don't know why it just does. I just yeah. like British acting. Um, anyway, it is a, it's really good. I don't want to give away too much, but the, the story is, is pretty trippy and goes some really interesting places. And also is a movie where they're not afraid to end it on its own terms. They don't feel this, this film definitely didn't feel like they had to make sure a certain person survives or whatever. I don't want to give too much away, but they just, they're not afraid to go there. And so they go there. Um, if you have phobias about getting black goo in your ear, maybe you don't want to see this one. All right. That's all I'll say about the black goo. Hint, hint. Hint, hint. There's black <laughs> goo in this. Uh, again, this is on Hulu. This is Matriarch. And as uh, Christine would say, shitoutofluck.com is where you're going to want to go find more information. <laughs> the next up is the one, the reason I saved this one for, for a second, it's this is the biggest surprise of the year for me and is, and is actually going to make my top five movies of the year, maybe even number one. And Ooh. the fact that it's a horror movie blew my mind, but I'm... Yeah, I'm, I'm very intrigued now. loved this movie. And here's, here's, here's what I, I'm going to commit today to absolutely spoil nothing because usually I'm not really that worried about spoilers. This is a, this is a movie where I want you to have the experience I had which was phenomenal because throughout the entire thing, I never knew where they were taking me. And every time they got to some sort of, you know, filmic destination, they then started taking me in a new direction that I didn't predict. I didn't know where this movie was going. How often can you say that about horror movies? They're almost always a, a bundle of stereotypes and tropes that yeah. play out fine or are a lot of fun to see again and maybe painted in a different way. But this is like the so most new the thing. Title, and that's it. Yeah, and the title is not even. I don't know why it's called this. So anyway, I'm gonna play a clip, and then we'll we'll play it. Where are you staying while you're in town? Oh, an Airbnb. Oh, that's nice. Whereabouts? Uh, it's in uh, Brightmore. You know where that is? What? Yeah, you know it. <laughs> are you kidding? Well, I, I mean, yeah, it seems a little rough. But... No, you shouldn't be there. What do you mean? That's not an Airbnb in Brightmore. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a, it's a cute little house, but yeah, I suppose the neighborhood is a little test. Well, I, I uh, did try and find somewhere else, but uh, there's like a convention in town or something, and I, I, I have a roommate, so it's, uh, it's a little complicated. <laughs> I, I guess. Okay, well, just be careful, okay? Seriously. I will. I'm tough. <laughs> All right. That was the most non-spoilery part of the movie that I could find. This is why I recorded it there. The movie is called Barbarian. It was recently in theaters doing quite well and reviewing quite well. Um, but it just hit HBO Max is where it is. Um, and Barbarian is, I don't know why it's called that. Honestly. That's not even a spoiler it's, either. It's about Diablo. The yeah, it's Diablo all about bar, Diablo. Bar, barbarian. Yes, I'm looking forward to their their next one, the um, the Amazon Warrior uh, Lady. What's the name of that? The Amazon. That's what they call her. Uh, bar, barbarian came just came out and it just hit this week HBO Max. So I watched it last night and I was blown away by it. It's at like 93 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it reviewed extremely well. So when I heard about it, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll probably watch that. I didn't know it was coming so quick. This is a movie by Zach Kreger. You've never heard of him because he's never done this before. He's known mostly for acting. So he's in a bunch of other stuff. The TV show Wrecked. 
where he played the character Owen, uh, Uncut and Uncensored, The Whitest Kids You Know, that show. Um, he's in a ton of things as an actor. He's been working since the late 90s. But this is his first writing and directing. This is his. He wrote and directed this entire thing. It stars uh, Georgina Campbell as Tess, who's kind of our main titular character. Bill Skarsgård, one of the Skarsgård boys, is in this. He's the one that famously <laughs> plays the Skarsgård boys. He plays the It clown in the the It movies. Mm. And uh, so you might think, ooh, he's going to be up to no good. Very interesting character in here named Keith. Justin Long, of all people, is in this. Uh, it's I, I'm blown away by Justin Long. He's really good at it. And then keep your eye on a name here, Matthew Patrick Davis. I won't say anything else about that dude. The point is, it it grabbed me early and held me the entire time. There are moments where you think it's going to be a certain kind of movie, and then it's a very different movie. For example, you might think at points like, "Oh, is this a haunted house?" Maybe, maybe it isn't. Is this a creature feature? Maybe. Is it something else entirely? Uh, maybe. It's a bunch of stuff, and none of it was predictable. None of it, I, I, I could not foresee how this thing was going to play out, how it ended, how it started, how the middle worked itself out. Genuine scares, uh, amazing acting, really great directing, writing's incredible. I loved Barbarian, loved it. Again, if you wow. don't like horror movies, you're not going to like this one. Because it's got all, you know, it's got a lot of horror in it. But it is a it is a few levels higher than your typical, for sure. And it's making my best movies of the year list, for sure. Because I just absolutely adored uh, Barbarian. So, yeah. watch Barbarian, Bobby. It's good. I have questions, but I don't want to ask them because I don't want to... You and don't I, want to and I won't it. tell you. I won't spoil a thing. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, the only thing I'll say is it's a horror movie. That's it. That's all you're going to get. Right. And you know if you're in or if you're not from that. And if you're in, I think you're in for one of the best surprises in, in years. I haven't seen a, this kind of this dude, this this director, Zach Kreger. This I hope is this like watershed moment where he goes, oh, this is my calling. And then go make me a million more smart movies like this because right. it's amazing. It's so good. All right. So I, I only have one question for you. And this is this will be fine is are do you like do you typically are you t- are you a fan of horror movies? I like horror movies. I don't I don't okay. like I'm not like hardcore freak show about it, but I like them especially this time of year. But and you don't dislike horror no, movies. No. No, I like and they, I people always say, "Well, Scott, how how is this possible because you scream in video games when they're scary?" I've I've explained this before and I'll say it one more time. It's really the simple. In a movie, uh people are doing things I can't control. And it doesn't bother me because I can't do anything about it anyway. This guy's going to be dumb and leave the window open so the guy can come in or whatever. These are not about barbarian, by the way, nothing to do with that. But let's just say that, that that's the scenario. Then I'm like, well, that was dumb, but okay. That's what horror movies do. See that guy's going to die, whatever. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me and I appreciate the craft of it, but it doesn't really make, it doesn't scare me when I play a video game. I am in charge. Think something. Yeah. I'm controlling it. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you. It's also you are usually role playing to some extent in a game where you are the main character that you're playing. Whereas right. when you're watching a horror movie, you're just watching it happen to other people. Yeah, exactly. If I see the movie, I might say, oh, that was gnarly. 
and that's the end of it. If I do that in a video game, even if it's a less of a horrible moment, you're going to hear me go <laughs> like, I can't, right. I can't change. I don't know why this is about me, but for me, the different Carter says, Oh, I'd much rather play a scary video game than watch a scary movie. My daughter says, because she has the opposite feeling of when I'm in control, I am in control so I can do things. Right. I don't want to be getting chased down the hall by a three headed nightmare or whatever. Like, I don't want to have that. So, you know, let somebody else deal with it. That's what the movies are for. Video games are for me deciding my outcome. And sometimes that's horrible and, and terrible in a video game. So anyway, uh, again, my two movies are matriarch on Hulu barbarian on HBO max, both great, uh, great recommendations, but in particular barbarian. Yeah. Amazing. I don't even know what to compare it to. I don't have a good comparison. It's some of the best horror I've ever seen. All right. Moving on. Uh, Bobby, did you have anything you watched recently? You just think it'd be fun to recommend to people? I've been watching. I mean, I mean, I've been watching a lot of uh, Justified finally. Oh, you know what? You know what? Because um, that's been, you talk about Justified all the time. Um, I don't know if this has ever been recommended, and it may have been, but I just recently finished on Netflix the Ricky Gervais um, comedy drama Afterlife. Oh, have you seen that? No, uh, Brian recommended it here and really liked it, and it's on. I've had it my queue forever, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Yeah, I th- they they just finished. The, they just did the first the third season, and I think it's their last. It, it's it's got to be the last season, and it's um it's funny. But it's also very thought-provoking, and it can be depressing at times, but also uplifting. And it's just a—it's just an emotional journey with a lot of very British, but in particular Ricky Gervais comedy. Um, I'm in, and, uh, and I really, really like it. It—it it, it deals with a lot of questions about, um, as as the name implies, about death. And what it means to be someone who, who the whole premise of the show, you get this from the very beginning of the first episode, the whole premise is that Ricky Gervais's wife has died and he's dealing with the aftermath of that. And how does he continue on after right. that, after life, after right? life, yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And so there's whole three seasons of it and it's just amazing. It asks so many different questions about how we, how we cope with that, but also about how we live a good life and how we how we are can learn better to be good to each other and i've never i've never felt like i learned how to be how to uh, something really deeply philosophical from watching a comedy series yeah he's good at that i I mean he's a noted you know atheist ricky gervais likes to explore that stuff in these projects i felt that way during it wasn't the same questions of course but i felt a lot like that um watching derek uh, which notably made Carter cry her freaking eyes out. She cried so hard in that show. But it's it's that same thing. It's a mix of comedy and drama and questions about how we treat each other and how people act, uh, you know, in certain situations or whatever. Um, I like his stuff when he does that, but I haven't. Yeah, uh, I haven't yeah and that's it. absolutely something that's explored in this series. Is is ha- the I'd say if there was one one primary question that this th- these three seasons keeps getting to over and over again and i think does finally answer it at the end so there's your motivation to go all the way through it is um is the main question of um how how do you 
regardless of your belief system, and especially if you don't believe in a higher power, how is it possible for you to be a good person and live a good life? Right, right. Um, and uh, and that's a very atheist question, right? Sure, so, so sure. That goes to your point of how he's he's a he's a very prominent atheist and and ex- likes to explore those themes. Yeah, which I I'm all I'm I I don't how do I put this when. When somebody just goes bah, and then walks away, I'm less likely to be interested if they go bah, and then they back it up with like exploring those issues in their art. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Like I like that. I respect it. I know, you know, like and disrespect and, and uh, or whatever. Ricky Gervais has his enemies and his friends. I, I get it. He's not, you know, he's controversial, but um, I respect it when when artists explore that stuff. And they can do a little bit of humor and do a little bit of heart and, you know, leave me wanting more, which is what Afterlife sounds sounds like. So I will check it out. That's I'm I'm doubling down on what sounds like you said it was Brian's recommendation at some point. So double down, baby. Check out Afterlife. There you go. Uh, All right. There is your recommendals for the week. Once again, I'll run them down. Uh, I did uh, see Matriarch on Hulu, Barbarian on HBO Max and Netflix has the Ricky Gervais show afterlife. So check those out. All right. What else we got here? I think that's it. Except for to tell folks to sign up on our Patreon. If you haven't already patreon.com slash TMS, be like Matthew Eans or Ian's. I'm not sure how you say that last name, Matthew uh, apologies, but he's awesome. Cause he just joined us yesterday. Oh yeah. Brand new patron. Thank you, uh, Matthew, for joining us. And you will be uh, uh, now able to get all the pre-show content we do every single day, plus a ton of other stuff that you can only get through the Patreon. Find out more at patreon.com slash TMS. And for all your other needs from this show, find them at frogpants.com slash TMS. As mentioned earlier, I'll be on DTNS today. Uh, looks like sans Tom, but I'll be there with, uh, with um, Sarah and Roger and all them. So that'll be today at 2 o'clock. And... Uh, what else? Is that the only show that's going on? Oh, we're doing a tonight. We're doing a TWBD. The the folks that do the D and D show with me. We just finished our major arc, right? The the huge four plus year campaign that we started ended, and we're wow. going to do a big sort of rehash, a Q and A Q&A with each other, kind of a roundtable about what we what we you know loved about the campaign, what we might do different, uh, things about our character, some questions from the listeners. So we're doing that tonight. It won't be live stream, but we are recording it and we'll put it out there for everybody to hear it. So I'm pretty excited about that. So check that out. Bobby, remind people where your stuff is so they can go get some. Oh, well, I do a little science podcast called All Around Science. Me and my co-host, Mora, we talk about science on a weekly basis. Just uh, stuff going on in science news and just any, any interesting old thing that's going on. I'm in the middle of prepping an episode that will come out on Monday. Um, this coming Monday, uh, Halloween, and it's going to be Halloween themed. I'm Ooh. doing a, a doing a an ep- I'm going to do a feature on the science of of fear and why we enjoy it and like to seek it out. Oh, interesting. So I would like to know why why I seek it out, especially this time of year. Like, what is that about? And are we as a society? Especially Americans who really go nuts for Halloween. I know other parts of the world are like, why do you even care over there? But we do. Why? Is that a collective version of this? Is it yeah. just the candy for kids? I know kids I know some kids that love to be scared. Like even babies, they love to be like 
hands behind your eyes, boo, and they go, they kind of jolt and then laugh. Like, yeah. there's something there, right? Some some deep-seated biology about being scared. Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to talk about that on uh, this upcoming episode. But we just talk about all kinds about all kinds of science stuff. So check out All Around Science. Uh, Claire says they do Halloween best in Ireland. What do you guys do there? Do you, you dress up like a, like a gin blossom? Or what do you do? I don't know what you do. <laughs> and zombies? Zombies. You got, you got, yeah. Oh, yeah. Zombie. Zombie. Yeah, exactly. What else? Uh, you get dressed up like Christian Nairn and be Hodor for a week? Or what's your deal? She says they celebrate the whole month. Wow. All right. I mean, we kind of do. We got the pumpkins out and we got, you know, the spooky yeah. stuff. Our neighbor up the road's got the whole place decked out in skeletons and stuff. We, we if you believe much. Walmart, we've been celebrating since like August. <laughs> I know, right? And we're about to celebrate Christmas like tomorrow. So, yeah. Stupid. Anyway, Costco's the worst. I was in there the other day. They got a whole huge section of that place is all Christmas crap already. Huge. Like trees pre-decorated, ready to buy right off the thing. It seems like a real bummer, but they're in It's not it. their fault, nope. Scott. Nope. It's our fault for buying it when it comes out. And now I want one of their $1.50 hot dogs. Mmm. We'll see. All right, that's it. Thank you all for listening and hanging out. I've got a song to take us out on today. Uh, Brian, once again, helping me make sure this happens. And it came by a request. This is from Dustin Anderson. It says, Scott and Brian, over the years, I've listened to the two of you chuckleheads across the majority of your podcast. You've never let me down. Well, <laughs> let's see how today goes. Over the last few years, we have fought hard to stay out of the reign of COVID. But alas, I finally caught it camping in August, uh, believe it or not. Only the youngest never tested positive nor had any symptoms. Uh, the whole time listening, I have been married to the best person, Vicky. It will be 20 years on the 23rd of October. Two teenage boys living at home, one in college and the other still in high school. I provided tons of challenges throughout the years, but we have prevailed. Through ups and downs, good health and bad, we have stayed together. Vicky, here's to many, 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 many more happy years. I don't uh, have any song in mind. I figured Brian could pull something from his extensive cover knowledge. Scott and Brian, keep doing what you're doing best, entertaining us tad pooligans. Any chance I can get Scott to play the da- the angry Daryl clip since I missed it back in the daylight savings time in spring. Okay, so you got to hear this. It's been a while <laughs> since I've played it, but it is one of Daryl's best contributions to the show. He uh, recorded this on his phone. And is this it? Hold on. Oh, the new phone book's arrived. Guess where it goes? Directly into the recycle bin. What a f***ing waste. Okay, that's not the one. <laughs> that's kind of in the vein of what we're looking for here, but that ain't it. Um, okay, where is it? Oh, is this one? Here it is. Thanks a lot, f***ing time change. It's the middle of the f***ing night that I'm going to work now. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good is daylight savings this week it's not this week is it when's the when's the uh, fall for or fall back thing is that soon hold on daylight savings S- sunday november 6th okay we got time Whew. i'm not ready for that yet although i get an hour with that one right yeah you get an hour you fall back i mean they fool me into feeling like i get an hour is what i'm trying to say because they don't actually they give me they talking anything. about ch- getting rid of it? And didn't everyone agree? And are we still doing it? It was the most nonpartisan thing I'd heard for the last seven years. That everybody was for changing it. President all the way down through Congress. Everybody was like, what yes. What happened? Did they just forget to I, to I don't do know. <laughs> maybe maybe there's a plan and they got to like do something. It says, chat says we're waiting on Congress. But why? They were all like good to go. They're starting next year. Okay. Well, I mean, look, I know that wheel, the wheels of change are slow. Okay. I understand that. 
but I would like to quit dancing in the hours. Okay, can we quit doing, quit doing that? That's it's effed. All right, anyway, uh, we're going to play the song Everybody Wants to Rule the World. This is a cover by a band or uh, artist named Lucius. And that's all I know about it. I don't know why Brian picked it, except he likes it. So I believe in, I believe in that. If I believe in anything, it's that. So I'm going to play that, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow with a new show. Brian probably will be here. He says he's, uh, he's definitely feeling the upswing. So we're planning on that. If not, I don't know. You might hear Bobby for a third day. I don't know. I'll be here. That'll be... That's three days in a row. I don't think we've maybe ever I'll had just a... be here anyway. Maybe we can, you can go all three of us. We can go morning zoo. Oh my lord, full morning zoo. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't think we can do it. Well, anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, best to him and all the rest he needs today. Otherwise, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a great night. We'll see you then. Night. Have a nice day. And we'll see you then. Or, or night. Or night. Whatever. Of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Pigs don't eat it because they don't know how. It's the truth. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.